going on guys? Pump Handle Podcast, episode 2, coming at your ear holes or looking at it on the YouTubes. I am your host, Snaggle J. On today's episode, I am going to predict my five-match main event for WrestleMania 33 as things stand right now. Also, I'm going to give you my picks for this Sunday's Hell in a Cell event. But first up, let's take a quick look back at Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live and talk about some of the highlights and mostly lowlights. Monday Night Raw this week, I give a 2 out of 5 rating. Um, I thought it was a very weak Monday Night Raw uh, for it being a pay-per-view go-home show. Two big things that stood out on Monday Night Raw. Um, first of all, the Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman promo debacle foolishness. I mean, if you haven't seen it, try to find it. It's an embarrassing black mark for Paul Heyman and for the WWE. The fact that they didn't think being in Brock Lesnar's hometown, even though he doesn't live in Minneapolis anymore, you know, it's still his like birth hometown. Being in his hometown, they never anticipated the possibility of Goldberg's sucks chance and the crowd being pro-Lesnar. So, I mean, who's to blame here? It's hard to say. You can kind of blame Paul Heyman for not being able to think on his feet and, and change up what he was going to say. You could blame, definitely blame the backstage crew, Vince McMahon and, and the bookers, for not having the foresight to have a plan B. Either way, it was awful, it was awkward, it was brutal, and it basically sucked the life out of this feud. Um, that's why not literally not 15 minutes later, they came out and immediately announced Goldberg is going to be on Raw next week, Halloween night. Um, so hopefully that can rekindle it a little bit because that promo was absolutely fucking horse shit moment of Monday Night Raw. The other thing that really pissed me off is we got three matches, identical matches to what we're going to get Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Um, we got New Day Sheamus Cesaro. We got uh, Bailey Dana Brooke, which wasn't uh, our uh, Hell in a Cell match at the time, but it is now. And we got Gallows and Anderson against Enzo and Cass. All three matches, six days out from the pay-per-view. You're going to give them away for free on Monday Night Raw. I don't get it. I understand those three matches are relatively minor matches compared to the three Hell in a Cell matches. But still, you know, I just I don't understand it. You have the bigger roster. You have other guys you can use. Use them. That's just me. I would rather not see Enzo Cass, Gallows, and Anderson, which was a terrible match on Raw. Now my expectation for Hell in a Cell is like, well, fuck, it's going to suck. These guys can't work good together. Anyway, I don't like it. I can't stand when they do that. It's nice to see that the list of Jericho is still probably the hottest thing on Monday Night Raw right now. Um, he, you know, the list was missing. Um, the one thing I take away from this whole uh, list thing being carried throughout the episode is Seth Rollins is kind of struggling right now at this trying to be like a half babyface. I mean, we all know he can't go full babyface until Triple H comes back and they get into it. Um, but he's, Rollins is kind of struggling. Like, he's not really playing the funny face character very well. Like, it looks forced. It doesn't look natural. The crowd really doesn't seem to be into it either. Like, I I'm kind of just not feeling it at the moment. Maybe it's just me. Um, you know, let me know, I mean, what you guys think. But um, 
it just feels a little forced right now that he's kind of this face tweener character while he waits to get screwed probably at Hell in a Cell and have Triple H come back and, and start something there. And then he goes full bona fide face and hopefully uh, things are good. I also like to see with this particular feud, they keep teasing that um, Jericho and KO are going to split up. And it never happens. Maybe it happens on Sunday. I mean, it's going to happen on a big scale. And the thing is, it, Sunday would be the perfect time because if you have uh, KO win, Triple H come back to take Rollins out of the picture for a little while, then you can have Jericho turn on KO and you can have Jericho KO, um, you know, kind of battling going into Royal Rumble. Kind of works. I mean, it's kind of hard because, I mean, Jericho can do face turn like that. Like, it's unreal. The crowd is so behind him right now. Um, other things I liked about Monday Night Raw, the Rusev promo, I liked it. I liked that they're sticking with the aggressive Rusev, who just, the intensity and the aggression is there. That's the Rusev I like. Um, I do expect his match with Roman Reigns to on uh, Sunday to be a very good match. We'll talk more about that later. Um, is there... Any way we could just get WWE 2K17 footage instead of some of these matches? They use the WWE 2K17 footage to help hype this Goldberg-Brock Lesnar thing. Can we just get simulations of matches on there instead of having to watch like Curtis Axel against uh, Bo Dallas? I mean, really, who cared about Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas? Literally nobody. And it was Curtis Axel's fucking hometown. And Bo Dallas kicked out of a perfect plex. Like... Fucking people in the early 90s like Macho Man and Bret Hart couldn't kick out of a perfect plex, but yet fucking Bo Dallas can? Come on. Not happening. Um, three takeaways from the Bailey dana Brook match. Well, match, I guess. Don't give dana Brook a mic. Don't have arm wrestling matches on Monday Night Raw. Please, 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 as I said last week, please, please, please. Send Dana back to NXT after she loses on Sunday. Please send her back to NXT. I know you need an opponent for Bailey. Keep Bailey going. Keep her in the mind. She's probably going to squash Dana Brooke. Well, it won't be a squash, but still. Um, I just am not buying anything Dana Brooke is selling. She really, really needs to go back to NXT and just get better. Get better on the mic, better in the ring. Just, just stop. Get rid of Dana Brooke. She's literally brutal right now. Um, there's the Golden Truth versus the Shining Stars. I mean, fuck. Who cares? Is Mark Henry, Titus O'Neil going to be a feud? Like, my God. Like, this, is anybody paying attention to that right now? I really don't think so. Speaking of the Shining Stars, that segment where Jericho walked backstage and went through the Shining Stars and Jinder Mahal, was that supposed to represent like an, a line at the unemployment office? Is Vince doing a little bit of foreshadowing with his promos there? Maybe. Um, that seg segment where Braun Strowman had the list of Jericho, did anybody else think I didn't know Braun Strowman could read? Maybe. Um, one thing that drives me nuts about Monday Night Raw... SmackDown, it's a little more acceptable, but with a three-hour program, do you not have enough time to actually air live interviews? Um, why do they keep using these backstage taped? I know they do it so they can control what they say and edit it, you know, but do live interviews. Make it more immersive for the fan. Even backstage live is better than this taped bullshit. Um, the Mick Foley, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair segment. By the way, do you notice they're calling her Charlotte Flair now? 
I noticed, uh, I noticed Mick did it, and I thought maybe it was just Mick being Mick. But on the website and stuff, it says Charlotte Flair now. I didn't think that was a thing. I thought it was just Charlotte, but kind of strange. Um, apparently, she's not a Brazilian soccer player anymore. She has two names, so that's good. This segment, um, it, was a, uh, it was a huge up for me uh, for a while. And then when I finally took away from it and kind of let it process a little bit in my mind... Uh, I kind of it's kind of soured on me. Um, Mick Foley is stealing way too much of the heat from this. Um, he's been all over social media about it. He's been gushing about hell, and I know he's the Godfather of Hell in a Cell. But let Sasha and Charlotte carry the heat for this. I mean, they're more than capable of, you know, carrying the the, the significance of this moment. You don't need Mick Foley in there stealing all the thunder. That's just me. I know a lot of people really, really, really love the contract signing segment. But for me personally, I just wish they had a little less Mick Foley. The big concern for me, I know Charlotte and Sasha Banks could have a five-star match. And I wouldn't be surprised if people are saying that their match at Hell in a Cell could end up being match of the year. But... I worry that this match is so hyped that it doesn't deliver. Uh, that maybe, you know, like, and that's, again, I hope I'm wrong, but there is so much hype behind Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair, Hell in a Cell, that they literally have to go out and put on a five-star match with huge spots for it to meet the expectations of the hype right now, and I just don't know if it's going to happen. Um, you know, Sasha's been a bit banged up. I know she's better now, but still, you know, hell in a cell, the environment. I just hope it doesn't end up being a letdown. Rich Swan versus Brian Kendrick got 12 minutes, which is nice. It was a bit more of an exciting uh, cruiserweight match than we've been seeing on recent episodes of Raw. Um, it's still missing some of the high spots that made the cruiserweight so popular during the cruiserweight classic, uh, but it was a good match. Um, uh, TJ Perkins on commentary was just dreadful, and the Brian Kendrick begging TJ Perkins to let him win backstage after, um, you know, that he was going to be like, it's just fucking, oh, look, is that really, like, are people going to care more about this feud now that Brian Kendrick is basically begging for TJ Perkins to let him win? Um, Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman was a no contest. Um, you know what though? I'm actually borderline interested. In Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. David versus Goliath kind of thing. Obviously, we don't know what Strowman can really do in the ring. I mean, it, it, we're all assuming it's nothing. And Sami Zayn is a fine wrestler. I still think Sami Zayn needs to be on SmackDown, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, and finally, Rollins versus Jericho versus KO um, was a bit of a yawner. Predictable finish, predictable aftermath. A little bit more of the teasing Y2JKO split, but then they come together and fight the good fight together. It was a predictable finish to a predictable show. You give Rollins the win, you're almost certain he's going to lose at Hell in a Cell anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty predictable and pretty much summed up Monday Night Raw, which was a bit of a yawner. SmackDown Live this week, um, I also give two out of five, and that's being generous. The main event for me saved this from being a one out of five SmackDown, because up until the main event, this episode was brutal. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Kane, you knew as soon as they announced it was a no DQ that it was so Luke Harper could interfere. Duh. 
the obvious big swerve here is that Orton came out and RKO Kane then said backstage later, if you can't beat him, join him. That's exactly what they needed. As I said last week, on SmackDown right now, the AJ Styles-Ambrose feud, it for me, is not working because AJ is such a higher level athlete and performer than Dean Ambrose. I mean, Miz and Dolph Ziggler has had that spark has kind of worn off. Um, so to elevate Orton and Bray Wyatt to a few people care about, that's what SmackDown needs. You need another reason to watch SmackDown. They've got a long time to go before um, Survivor Series and before another SmackDown-branded pay-per-view. Because so, some of these secondary stories might not get a match at Survivor Series. It's hard to say. So you got to keep people interested on Tuesday nights. So I think that was a great swerve. Um, I think it's going in the right direction. Interested to see what's going to happen. Um, Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss, that promo they did in the ring. The insults for me are painful to watch. Like, that's like Divas era shit, like coming out and just making stupid jokes. And I mean, it works for Carmella and Nikki Bella's feud because Carmella's saying things that are reality based, but Alexa's just trying to, you know, throw insults and shade at Becky Lynch. And it's not working. Um, I care about this feud maybe more than I should. I. I uh, you you look online and people are divided over whether Alexa Bliss is capable of being the top heel woman on SmackDown. I don't know. I'm not quite there. But anyway, you know, I, I care too much maybe about this feud. Um, Ascension versus Hype Bros. Who the fuck cares? Why are they around? Why didn't we see American Alpha or the Usos on SmackDown? Arguably the two best tag teams on SmackDown. You didn't, I didn't see either of them. Maybe my fast forward button got stuck. Um, Natalia loses to Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella becomes the captain of the SmackDown Live Women's Survivor Series team. Natalia not allowed to be on the team. This guarantees for me that Natalia is going to defect to Raw. So she's either going to end up being on the Raw Women's roster when they take on um, the SmackDown Live Women at Survivor Series, or perhaps she interferes and causes the SmackDown Live Women the match. Either way, I think this is where. Um, this is going. Nikki Bella got attacked by Carmella again after the match. Nikki Bella, Carmella is white hot feud right now. Um, I'm really enjoying Carmella in this feud. Again, like I said last week, I think Carmella has potential to be the top heel uh, woman on SmackDown. Um, the Miz continues to be fire on the mic. I don't get his association with the Spirit Squad anymore. It was a one-time funny thing, I guess. Um, the fact that Spirit Squad got a title match against Slater and Rhino. I mean, again, like I said, with the no American Alpha and no Usos, the tag division on SmackDown right now is fucked. Um, I mean, you got Rhino literally two weeks from now is going to be in uh, election to become a congressman. So in real life, like, I'm not making that up. It's legit. Michigan 5th. So... Interesting to see what they're going to do there. Are they going to have to write them off of TV? I thought maybe they were going to drop the belts to the Spirit Squad. Like, I was actually worried about that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. They don't have a pay-per-view coming up anytime soon, so how they're going to handle that. Uh, main event was fantastic. Ambrose and Styles, this is what they needed. Ellsworth was involved, who everybody loves. Um, it was a great match that saved the night. Um, this is what SmackDown Live needs when you don't have fully fleshed out storylines and you have a long time to go before you're going to have a PPV and you have kind of people know that AJ Styles is out of Dean Ambrose's league um, you know 
this is what they needed. A 20-minute pay-per-view style match. Um, you know, their lower card is struggling. Their, their depth is not there. They don't have guys that can carry the undercard right now. Um, you know, Orton's still kind of banged up, so I mean, he's not out having full-fledged great matches. Um, so, and you can't have Miz and Dolph Ziggler wrestle every Tuesday night. So this was a great match. Um, I feel bad that they had to do the old swervy derby with Ellsworth. <laughs> you knew Ellsworth was going to get involved when he was out there, uh, but to hit the no chin music on um, Dean Ambrose causing the DQ. Interested to see where it's going to go. The fact that James Ellsworth is so white hot right now, it's like, oh my dear. It's, um, you know, it, uh, it is what it is. So that's my, I said it was going to be quick, but it does never turns out to be quick. But that's my look back to Ron Smackdown this week. Um, hit me up in the comment section if you're on YouTube. Let me know what you guys think. Actually, the comment section on SoundCloud too. Uh, let me know what you guys think um, of Ron Smackdown for this week. I thought they were both, eh. Um, if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, hit me up on the Twitter machine at PumpHandlePod, all one word. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to take a look forward to WrestleMania 33, and I have made fearless predictions as to what I think the five-match main event is going to be at WrestleMania 33. Yes, I have... I know it's a long ways away, but you know they're planning this stuff out. These are probably going to seem very obvious to a lot of people. And, you know, again, I've been discussing it, you know, online and stuff with people and just kind of getting some ideas. So here we go. Um, I do, you know, so number five in the five-match WrestleMania 33 main event will be another intercontinental title ladder match. Um, and I think it's going to be won by Sami Zayn, who is not currently on SmackDown. I keep saying he needs to be on SmackDown. I think he's either going to be on SmackDown before WrestleMania or will somehow get on SmackDown at WrestleMania, get himself into the match somehow. But I do think they'll continue the tradition of the Intercontinental title ladder match. And I think Sami Zayn is going to be the winner. The Undertaker's opponent. Now, a lot of people are debating whether The Undertaker is going to wrestle or not. And I think his perfect opponent, uh, if he does wrestle, will be John Cena. Um, John Cena's the one guy he hasn't done the mania with. John Cena is a very good worker in the ring who can tell a good story and protect the Undertaker's fragile body at the same time. And that's key. You want the Undertaker to be protected. The other thing that this does is it allows the Undertaker to be on SmackDown after the Rumble and the lead-up to uh, WrestleMania, elevating the SmackDown brand a little bit. Um, now, a lot of people will say, well, why would they do that, put him on Raw? But the thing is with Raw, you have Brock. You, know, you don't need another part-time guy showing up. So Undertaker, John Cena, mark it down. Um, the women's main event, and now I went back and forth on this. I can guarantee for sure it's going to have Sasha and Bailey. Um, what I don't know and I can't decide is whether it's going to be Charlotte involved for a triple threat. Um, I'm going to lean towards it being a Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey triple threat match. Um, and now, this is a big, I know people are going to disagree, I think it's going to actually physically go on last as the main event. I really, 
really, really, really do. Now, and this isn't one of my five predictions, but I also predict you're going to see the first ever women's ladder match at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's um, Championship. Not one of my top five predictions, just something I'm throwing in all of the same on the fly. Now, the two big main events for the uh, world title on each brand. I think the SmackDown world title is going to be AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, there's nobody on SmackDown right now who can come up to Styles' level, which is why they need Nakamura. You know they can work together. Just watch any of their footage from New Japan. It would be an unbelievable match. Um, Styles-Nakamura, that's almost booked, I would say, now. Nakamura probably comes up at the Rumble, um, probably wins the Rumble, and then decides to go to SmackDown. The other side on Raw, you know it's going to be Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Finn Balor could also win the Royal Rumble, but I don't think he needs to because Finn Balor, having dropped the title due to injury, should just be able to come back and say, I want my belt, I want my belt, I want my belt. Uh, you know Rollins is going to be facing Triple H, and I didn't even bother including that in the predictions because it's just going to happen. So yeah, Balor, Owens. So guys, there is my five-match main event prediction for WrestleMania 33. Just to recap, Intercontinental title ladder match uh, won by Sami Zayn. Uh, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte in a triple threat match. Taker, Cena, uh, Styles, Nakamura, and Owens, Balor. If you guys have any predictions on what you guys think is going to be going on at WrestleMania 33, let me know down in the comments below. Uh, I love to spitball this kind of stuff and see how it develops over the next few months. Last but not least, guys, here are my predictions for Hell in a Cell, which goes this Sunday from Boston, Massachusetts, only available on the WWE Network, which you can get in Canada for $11.99. Hashtag not sponsored by WWE. Just feel like doing a shameless plug. Um, on the pre-show, you're going to have a cruiserweight six-man match. Cedric Alexander, Sin Cara, and Lince Dorado against Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, and Daivari. I don't give a shit who wins. I'm going to say the faces are going to win, which I think would be Cedric Alexander, Sin Cara, and Lince Dorado. Um, I don't care who wins. All I care about with this match is that they let them do cruiserweighty type things. Get people jazzed up. Big flips, big spots, something. Sin Cara's great at doing over-the-top rope stuff. Do that. Get this crowd fired up. Not that they're going to need it. The Boston crowds are always great. Um, but still, let the cruiserweights do something. That fires people up. Um, so I'm going to go Alexander, Sin Cara, Lindsay Dorado. Um, Bailey versus Dana Brooke. Bailey wins. Dana Brooke goes to NXT. That's my hope. Fingers crossed. If Bailey wins this, there's no hope. Bailey has to win. Come out strong. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, a lot of people are still saying that Charlotte may be taking a bit of a leave after this. So you make Bailey strong. Bailey can go up against Sasha Banks if Charlotte hangs around. You could do like a David versus Goliath, Bailey versus Nia Jax, maybe? Hard to say. Um, Enzo and Cass versus Gallows and Anderson. I want to say Enzo and Cass, but I can't. A lot of people are saying, what good does it do to make Gallows and Anderson the number one contenders again? Because I think they can have a better feud against the New Day right now. Yes, I'd love to see Enzo and Cass against the New Day. Mike battles every week. I don't think this is the time for that. You're not going to do use a three-week build-up to Survivor Series for something like that. So I'm going to go with Gallows and Anderson win and become the number one contenders for the tag team title. Speaking of the tag team titles, the New Day against Sheamus and Cesaro. Sheamus. That's Sheamus. 
Sheamus and Cesaro, New Day, not close. Sheamus and Cesaro split up after this. Cesaro goes to SmackDown, hopefully, my God. Sheamus unemployed, hopefully, my God. Just do it. Do it now. New Day wins. No need to talk about that anymore. TJ Perkins versus Brian Kendrick for the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm going to say Brian Kendrick just because I don't think TJ Perkins has endeared himself to the crowd with his title run. His promos and his mic work are lacking. His commentary on Raw was abysmal. Um, I think you see Brian Kendrick win and probably end up being a transitional champion to Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan, Kota Ibushi, any of the other guys who are at the top of that division right now. So I think Brian Kendrick wins. I, again, with the cruiserweights, I'm hoping for a barnstormer 20-minute match. None of this five, six, seven-minute garbage um, that we've been seeing on Raw. This week was a good 12 minutes. Let's give them 20 minutes on a PPV and let's not put it at the very beginning of the card. Like, let's go three, four matches in before we have to see this, please. Um, now we get to the triple main event. The U.S. title on the line between Roman Reigns and Rusev. You guys know Roman Reigns is going to win, right? Is this something I need to say out loud? Um, I still think they want to keep Reigns strong. I still think that they're going to keep the title on Reigns for some time to come. As good as Rusev has been carrying this promo and making it seem like this feud is something that we should really, 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 really care about, I think they're going to have a fantastic match. Reigns has been wrestling a whole lot better the last three or four months, but I think Reigns is going to retain the U.S. title. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. We talked about this a little earlier during the Raw review. KO retains. Um, could be Triple H interference, possibly. Jericho could be involved. Um, but I think Seth Rollins loses and starts to go towards his Triple H feud. Maybe you have a Y2J KO split up. Uh, and then Jericho, you know, whatever. But anyway, bottom line, got to predict the winner. The winner will be KO. Kevin Owens. And last but not least, the first ever Women's Hell in a Cell match, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks. I think Sasha Banks is going to win. They can't keep flip-flopping the title back and forth. Uh, if Sasha loses again after a short reign, you start to it start, she starts to lose a bit of her luster at the top of this division. So I really think you need Sasha to continue her title reign. If the rumors of Charlotte taking a break are true, then this is a perfect time to do that. Beat up Hell in a Cell, take a break, come back at the Rumble, whatever. But Sasha Banks wins. So there are my Hell in a Cell picks, guys. Um, whatever medium you're listening to, leave the comments on YouTube, SoundCloud. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at PumpHandlePod. Let me know who you got. Let me know if I got it right or I got it wrong. Um, as always, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to the Pump Handle Podcast. Uh, once again, head over to the Twitter machine at Pump Handle Pod. Um, you can find all the links for YouTube, for SoundCloud, for iTunes, for Google Play. To each and every one of you out there who listen to this podcast on a weekly basis for the last two weeks, because we only had two episodes, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you very much. And until next time, somebody hit my music. Thank <laughs> you.